my purpose you're my reason for living I love you Jesus hallelujah if you could turn in your Bibles we're gonna come out of Genesis chapter 19 and John chapter 3 or <laughs> Genesis chapter 21 verse 19 and John chapter 3 Genesis chapter 21 verse 19 says, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to us today. Lord, speak into our hearts and into our lives. Change us, O God. May we come towards you and be filled with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis chapter 21 here, we have Hagar. And you may be seated. Hagar, sometimes she's not always well thought of, and it's not because Hagar did anything wrong. She was a slave. She was a slave of Sarah and Abraham's. And, and due to the customs and the nature of the times when it was determined that they thought that Sarah couldn't have a child, and she gave Hagar to be Abraham's wife. And Hagar had the son Ishmael. But God does not walk out on His promises even when we can't see the promise. And so Isaac was born fulfilling the promise the way God wanted it to be. But Hagar and Ishmael seemed to be on the outcast. They were cast out. And... And now they're running and they're hiding and they're down and desperate and, and it's not because they're being hunted, but they're just they're kicked out of the home and out of the family and, and this isn't going to work anymore. And, and it's a tragic story. But you would look at Hagar and you would say, you would, you would look over there and, and the, um, 
Islam traces roots back to Ishmael and, and, and they would look at this and, and there's a rustling and a war that goes on over this whole situation. And so you would look at Hagar and you'd say, well, God's not in Hagar's life. But yet you'll discover in reading about her that she names her son Ishmael because God hears me. And she named a well after God, and God sees me. And so Hagar had unique encounters in the Bible that not many people had. The God that hears me and the God that sees me. And she is now at one of the lowest points in her life. And as she's sitting there and she's lamenting and she thinks my son is going to die and he cries. And God comes and shows her a well. In verse 17 it says, And God heard the voice of the lad. And verse 19, And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She saw a well of water. And I want to talk to you today about I need a well. I need a well. And we'll take our journey now into the book of John. And John chapter 3, we have another story. We're going to hit John chapter 3 and John chapter 6. And, and we're just going to keep progressing down through John. But here we see a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. He comes to Jesus by night. Why? <laughs> because he wouldn't look, be looked on very well in his situation being a rabbi being part of the group, being a Pharisee. What are you doing here? You're, you're part of the ruling class. You're looked up to. And so he becomes a secret disciple. Now I don't want to be too hard on Nicodemus, but, but sometimes we find ourselves in his situation where we don't necessarily want people to know publicly what we really believe privately. Because we're afraid of what people will think. Hear me, you miss out on so much of God when you don't just embrace God. Think of what Nicodemus could have experienced if he would have just gone along for the walk and the journey. Been right there beside Jesus and said, you know what? My position, my office, what people thought of me, it doesn't matter anymore. Look what I'm listening to. Look what I'm hearing Oh, hear the call of God. Respond to it. Let the past be the past. And the, the things that pull on you, let them go away. But Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. And he says, We know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. You know what he says? What you're doing is impossible. Unless you come from God. This stuff doesn't happen. It can't happen. You know, it, it isn't that it, we have things out there where we're like, well, that just doesn't happen. As in like, well, that's weird. Or that's not common. Or that doesn't, isn't how life normally goes. But it could happen. But Nicodemus was saying, Jesus, the things you're doing can't happen. They're impossible. We know that they can only be done if the one who said, let there be light, 
steps in and makes it happen. It has to come from the authority on high. It has to happen because God made it happen. It's impossible. And you might think that Jesus blows right by his question and doesn't even respond to it. When he, Jesus answered and said unto him, these are opening words. You would think this was an odd conversation if you said, Courtney, if you said, oh, we know these things can't happen. Or you come from God. You know, we know these things can't happen unless you came from God. You would think he would say, well, hello, Courtney, let me address your question. That's how we do it in our culture, right? No, Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What? What? How's that answering my question? God answered his impossibility with another impossibility. Jesus said, hey, you just brought to me an impossibility to identify who I really am. And I want to give you an impossibility so that I can make you who you're really supposed to be. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Oh, I say, and verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Oh, that born again could also be translated to come from heaven. Nicodemus heard that word, and, and, and he, what he was hearing was what well, he means to come from a womb. What, what Jesus was saying was a spiritual birthing to come from heaven. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter again a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verily, verily. That means pay attention. That means I'm wanting to tell you something. Except a man be born of water and of spirit. Or, let's see, I skipped down a verse. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again a second time? He says, Really, very saying, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. You see, it's not just a sin problem that we have. We can take a journey about how sin entered into the world by the first man, Adam. And sometimes we think in our mind that, okay, I live in a sinful world and I need to be delivered from sin and that's why Jesus came in. That is all true. But when we were born, we weren't sinning the moment we were born. But we were flesh. That which proceeds or comes from flesh is flesh. It isn't just that you have sinned. It's that you have a fleshly nature. It, you, you do the things of the flesh. And, and you answer problems and situations the way humanity would do that. That's why we have a little bit of our, a problem in our world. Because the way humanity addresses it is with wars and fightings. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. The flesh, this body, this physical body is going to die. And the way it does business 
is not of God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, we see that the acts of the flesh are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred. Discord. I emphasize hatred because some of you might not thoroughly embrace witchcraft. At least I hope you don't. <laughs> Come see me if you do. We want to change that. But with hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Selfish ambition, I'm reading now the NIV, dissension, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The way of this world, the way of the flesh, the way it responds, we can see it out there. Its priorities and its values are twisted, and it will not get people to heaven. Its flesh and flesh is going to die. What we need is the Spirit. Oh, we need to be transformed. We need to be changed. We, we've got to be born again. And you say, Pastor Lucas, why are you telling me this today? I've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and some of you maybe have not. This message is for you. But many of you have. And this message is for you. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And we need to live a life of being born again. Oh, Bishop talked about it in first half. And he talked about true holiness. What is that? That's putting on Jesus Christ. And letting a life of the spirit come out in our flesh. Letting people see. Jesus, the world wants to change your value system. It wants to destroy it. It wants to tear it down. Why? It's, be, it's, not, it's not just because it hates this. It doesn't get this. It's flesh. It's flesh. Oh, but you just heard the acts of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't these things sound so much better? Don't these things sound free and wonderful and lovely and, and kind? But what do we do immediately when somebody says, I cannot believe she said that to me. She had no right. Not at all. You know what? I was going to tell her she did a great job today, but absolutely not. Not kind to me, I'm not kind to you. You have no idea who I'm talking about either, right? Because I don't either. I made that up. But uh, uh, yeah, that's what we do immediately. Immediately. As soon as some, we're, we're walking along, we're like, oh, it's a great day. It's a... How did I do that? That was a little noisy. That's <laughs> so rude. She tripped me. And you did it on purpose. And my kids would never do this, but... Some other kids might accuse each other immediately. You did that on purpose. No, I didn't. And you then hit each other. Not my children, of course. Right? <laughs> That's what we go to right away because when we're in the flesh, we're conditional. And the fruit is actually hard. But we get in the spirit. We get in the spirit. 
all this flesh is going to die, and so it doesn't have anything to, to look forward to. But hear me. Well, I, I bring out the flesh. The world sometimes has embraced the idea then that the flesh doesn't matter. And they will do everything from punish themselves, whether it be starvation or tattooing, or, 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 or I could go places with this, but they would punish themselves. Or they would choose to live whatever way you want to live because the flesh doesn't matter. But it does matter. You say, well, it's going to die. Oh, but you're going to be transformed. And, and, and we're told this, and, um, and Paul tells us this, Behold, I show you a mystery in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Oh, when Jesus rose again and He came back, He came back in a body. Oh, but it was glorified. And one day I'm going to have a glorified body. And so what I do down here, being holy inward and outwardly, matters in the next life. Oh, because we're going to be changed. Can we give him another hand clap? Hallelujah. 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 And so Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and he's talking to him about water and spirit. And, and, and what he is telling him sounds confusing. It doesn't fit the flesh. It doesn't fit science. But what it does fit is faith. Hebrews lets us know now that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so when we believe God, we will say, Okay, God, I want to be born again of water and spirit. And that's what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when they said, what must we do to be saved? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit. Born again. But as Jesus stood that day with Nicodemus, these were new things for him to hear. It was confusing and, and he didn't know how is this going to work out. How is this going to work out? Why? Why was Nicodemus there that day? It's because he felt a hunger and a desire. Something was missing down here that he desperately needed. What did he need? Sister Powell, he needed to be born of the Spirit. When you're struggling through life and you don't know where to go, what do you need? You need some heavenly water. You need to be born of the Spirit. You need to connect back again with the Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And so we take our journey through John and, and we connect this back because to water and spirit. Jesus was standing at a well with a lady. 
Oh, this lady had had multiple husbands and the man she was with was not her husband and she was outcast and and she wasn't favorably looked upon. But Jesus came and said, I've come to find the outcast. Oh, just like Hagar, this lady was at a well and she was thirsty. But the well she needed, she couldn't see. Oh, what she really needed. Oh, she, she didn't know existed. And then Jesus showed up and he, Jesus answered and said unto her, 4 verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Living water. Living water. Oh, that day that lady discovered who Jesus was and she ran into the city and she grabbed everybody. And she said, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Sister Powell, she was excited. Who's been excited? Colin, who's been excited about somebody telling you about your sins? This is all the bad stuff you ever did. That lady was he told me everything I did wrong. Oh, it's great. He told me how bad I was. Everything. He said it. He didn't hold anything back. He put it all out there. Isn't that great? Avery, you want me to do that today? I'm not sure if that was a yes or not. She's been great and excellent and perfect. No, she's a great kid. She's a teenager now, though. And she drives. Now she does a great job at that, too. John chapter 7. It was the end of the feast. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. And Jesus stands here again. And he's there at the temple, and you know, they've been coming, and they've been coming, and they've been pouring out water and oil, and they've been going through their rituals, and Jesus is there, and he stands up in that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. What was he saying? He stood up there and he was saying, hey, are you thirsty? Are you tired? Oh, do you want to drink? Oh, I'm not talking about just water right here but he's talking about the Spirit. He's saying, hey, if you want a drink, come to me. Jesus was saying, I'm right here. Oh, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're thirsty. And we opened up with the story of Hagar sitting out there thirsty. We talked about the lady at the well who the water in that well would not satisfy. The water that she would pour out of there in the new day, pull out of there in the new day, new day, at noon, that she would drink, did not satisfy her heart. Josh, it wouldn't do it. Every day she would get up and she would be depressed. She would trudge. She knew what people thought of her, she knew what life was like. And in the private moments, Life wasn't very enjoyable. See, some of you, many of you, and I would dare say all of us at different times, 
we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But we get pretty down. And you know what we need? Some spirit. We need a drink. And Jesus was coming and he was saying, hey, and he told his disciples that day, I have drink, I have food that you don't know about. Can we stand to our feet? See, what did Hagar need that day? She needed a well. What did the lady at the well need that day? She needed living water from the man that was standing in front of her. What did Nicodemus need who had done everything and lived life and was a religious leader and was supposed to have it all together? Oh, the same thing as the one young man we didn't talk about, but the rich young ruler who, who, who had kept everything and done everything right. He still needed a well. Oh, he needed a living well, a heavenly well. He needed Jesus Christ. In John chapter 19, verse 34, Jesus is hanging on the cross. And as he hangs there, he's dead, and they come to break his legs, and they find that he's already passed. Verse 34 says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith there came out blood and water. Why? Why was that scripture penned? Not just to fulfill prophecy, but because I need a well. Because I need Jesus. And today we've worshiped God and we've sought His face. But somebody's been trying to live good in the flesh when what you need is to be rescued in the Spirit. I have bottles of water across the front here. You're welcome to grab it if you want. But I urge somebody to come and say, you know what I need again today? I need a well. I need a touch from Jesus. And whether you want to walk to the front or you want to stand back there in your seat or get down at your seat and pray. As everyone could close their eyes across this place because you know what I need? Jesus, I need a well. Everyone under the sound of my voice, I could take a drink from this bottle of water right now and you may be feeling thirsty, but me taking a drink won't quench your thirst. You need a well. And just like it was for Nicodemus at the beginning, and just like when you had Acts 2.38 fulfilled in your life, it still remains that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And it's time to walk away from works of the flesh. And you need to embrace the fruit of the Spirit. I need a well. Some of you have struggle in your marriage. I need a well. Some of you are down and depressed. And you know what? Having a new job, getting a new hobby, having another baby isn't going to satisfy it. Getting married won't satisfy it. I need a well. Is anybody thirsty? Oh, come to this altar. Reach your hands towards heaven. Oh, get a drink. Get a drink. Let's lift our voices up. Jesus. Jesus. I need you. I need you, Jesus.